Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 22, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 11 of Vision for You on page 162, the second paragraph beginning with Someday We Hope. Today's readers are as follows. Reading the 12 Steps will be Deanna B. Reading the 12 Traditions will be Anne Marie. And reading the text will be Elaine B., Susie K., and Renata. The share ID for Sunday, September 21st, is 6897. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive over to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the twelve steps and twelve traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Deanna B to read the OA twelve steps. Thank you. This is Deanna from uh, Chicago. How it works. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Deanna B. I will now ask Anne-Marie to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you. This is Anne-Marie M. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA is so as such, but never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two at a time and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in chapter 11, A Vision for You on page 162, with the second paragraph, which begins with, Someday We Hope, and continuing with the following paragraph, which ends with, All You Will Need to Begin. I will now ask Elaine B. to get us started. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. This is Elaine B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater of Massachusetts. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. To some extent, that is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. 
little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities, though contact with through contract with our two larger centers. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. This practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. Thus we grow and so can you. Though you be but one man with this book in your hand, we believe that we believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. I live um, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and my my face my home group is a vision for you. But my face to face home group is a Saturday morning meeting that has uh, was established well before I moved here uh, about ten and a half years ago, and um, frequently, especially throughout the summer we find people from all over the place that end up at that meeting on a Saturday morning as they begin or end their vacation time. And vacation time can often be a really uh, tempting time to get back in the food or a time where we're traveling with family and all of our expectations and hopes are dashed and we just have to deal with life on life's terms or the weather isn't what we thought it was going to be, whatever. All those things that appeal, all those things that, uh, that can draw us right back in um, to the food uh, can, can be part of the dynamics of living in a, a vacation community. And um, it is so beautiful and wonderful to see people who can walk in the door and you know talk about their home meeting that they go to or... Uh, even if it's their first time there because they had a, a, a serious encounter with food while on vacation, um, or if they just live right across the street from the meet, meeting and they read it in the paper one morning and, and um, know they have a problem and come in those rooms, whether they're overeaters, anorexic, bulimic, whatever the manifestation of their disease is, they have a place that they can go, and as soon as they come in, they're often greeted with a warm welcome and a and a hearty hug, and um, they find in the room people who understand their compulsion, people who share their uh, their disease. And in every, you know, it, there's a little asterisk here. It says written in 1939. In 2006, there are over 106,000 groups. There's actually AA activity in more than 180 countries with an estimated membership of over 2 million. Well, I know that there's also, uh, you know, diet programs and weight loss programs that are popular all over the world, but I'm dumbfounded still by the brilliance in this book in my hand that works for alcoholics, that works for overeaters, that works for gamblers, that works for sex and love addicts, that works in so many ways, because it's explicit directions. You know, it says and thus we grow. And so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. We believe and hope it contains all you would need to begin. And this book is in so many of these meetings. And, uh, you know, one of the tragedies is is that many of the meetings are not form formulated and formatted around this book. And that's why I'm so grateful for the haven that um, A Vision for You provides and the miracle of technology allows that you can, you know, listen online, you can get on the phone. Um, you know, I've invested in a phone plan where I have unlimited minutes and unlimited downloads because 
this program is my safety net, being able to listen to these meetings, being able to reach out to my community, being able to engage with fellow sufferers. This has become a safety net for me. And it's also become, as Big Book talks about, the bright spot of my day. Instead of sitting down to a bowl of whatever, I can pick up the phone and connect with somebody that can take a 10-step or I can take theirs or I can, um, you know, direct them to this book if they're a newcomer and I can share the experience, strength, and hope and help to point someone to a path that I can be confident if they pick up this book and they're ready and willing and able that they're going to experience the same freedom, joy, and recovery that this book and a power greater than myself has led me to. And thank you for the opportunity to share with that, I pass. Hi, my name is Charles. I eat too much. Can I share? What was your name? Charles. Charles. Yes, go right ahead, Charles. Good morning, visionaries. Wow, um, this part of the book is, is unbelievable. The vision that they had um, years prior. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship um, of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. Wow. This is just This just blows me away. The little clusters of two and threes and fives have sprung up in other communities, <laughs> you know, all over the world, and that's just unbelievable. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, you know, when I first came into OA, I was like, why is this book, first of all, why is this book called The Big Book, and why is it so, what does it have to do with all those questions was in my head, and you know, when I when I came to a vision, well, I, I went to Miami um, this February, and you know, my sponsor told me, hey, you know, prior to getting in, get into this big book, let let's read this. Book. I'm like, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm like, what? Are we, why are we wasting time with this? I don't have a problem with alcohol. Every time I drank, I got drunk. Just a little joke, but um, I see now, I see what they were talking about, you know, and. <laughs> The vision, the vision, the vision, the vision. Wow, the vision. Thus we grow, and so can you. Though you be but one man with this book in your hand, on a on a, on a Monday morning, with this book in my hand, I I believe, and I have the faith that those hundred people have had, and probably still have, if they were alive, even. You know, even where they're at right now, they still believe. And the vision that Bill and, and, and Dr. Silkworth and, and the rest of those gentlemen and the rest of those hundred people had, and, 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 and that's the antidote. That is the prescription of all prescriptions. You know, you know, where two or more of us are gathered, with this book, dissecting it paragraph by paragraph, it, it's a good look. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's great results. It's great hope. And that's all I got this morning, man. What a great way to start the week off. And with that, I'm a pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles. Eileen? Did you say Eileen? Yes, I did. Okay, Eileen. Go ahead. Thank you very much. This is Eileen, compulsive eater, um, overeater. I haven't been here for a while. Um, this reading was marvelous because it just reminds me 
of how long I spent out there in disease. And when I came back in, 10 years ago it was now, um, to find a fellowship of OA, uh, uh, of like-minded people. Um, here, let me take you off speaker. Oh, that would be great. There's a lot of static. Static. There we go. Much better. Thank you. Okay. Um, to some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. Uh, little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities through contact with our two larger centers. I, I'm just like... The meetings that are around this area in Massachusetts, they're very strong. Um, uh, I get so much support from my sponsor and from other people in this fellowship for the things that uh, I'm dealing with um, right now. And I have to constantly, you know, the, the models of the program, one day at a time, keep it simple. They always run through my head. You know, because I know I can't get ahead of myself. I do that quite often. Um, and I have to constantly remind myself of um, the models from the program. Easy does it, Eileen. First things first. Um, and I, I don't know where I would be today if it, if it weren't for this program, if it weren't for the 12 steps, if it weren't for the tools. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, thus we grow, um, I'm growing and I'm changing, um, for certain. Um, and, um, let's see, I definitely, uh, believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. I definitely, you know, the, the, the 12 step program is definitely what I needed and, um, Thank you so much for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen. Who else would like to share on these two paragraphs? Debbie B. Is it Sippy? Debbie. Debbie. Hi. Hi. Go ahead, Debbie. Uh, Debbie B. in Canada. Um, this is so wonderful what this and what this fellowship does and how it's growing as was hoped for in this vision that they had. Um, now when I pick up the big book, sometimes I think of all the groups as I, I've traveled around and every place I've been, there's been a group somewhere, that I, a face-to-face that I can go into and meet people who welcome me and who have the same problem and are working on the solution. Um, if I didn't, they would have this telephone meeting I could still reach out to. And all of these meetings through the almost 100 years this book has been here, it's all been around this book, really, around the 12 steps. And it's not just the people now. Sometimes I think it's all those people over the years who've touched this book and worked on the program and proven it works and proven it again and again that you can really find your higher power, that you can have a spiritual awakening, which is so important to me. And it's just a wonderful fellowship, and I am so blessed to have found it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Debbie B. 
Anyone Rab- else? Rabia? Yes, good morning. Hi. Hi, everybody. This is Rabia. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York, and uh, thank you, everyone, for being on the line this morning. Uh, this reading is so perfect for me. It gives me... It gives me so much hope because I'm I'm going to be journeying this Wednesday. Um, for two weeks, I'm flying out to California to Carpinteria to to be with my beloved sister who's terminally ill and to help her with all of her medical appointments and um, and help her with her life for for two weeks, and I'm newly recovered. I'm just really here finding my own balance in my day and how to wake up this early for this meeting every day. And, and I mean, I feel like I just recovered yesterday. It's only a couple of months, and so, you know, there's a three-hour time change. You know, I have... um, I'm scared. I I am, you know, I and um and I'll stay very connected with people and and I know you'll all teach me how to do this uh from California as you've taught me how to do this in New York and and I'll find a way to be with all of you every day. Um and um and I know I know we're everywhere, you know, we support each other everywhere and and one day at a time I I have a god and I have these 12 steps and um, and we learn how to travel and and be out of our comfort zone. So, um, you know, I'm going to keep talking about it and being with all of you, and, and, and I love you for being here for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rabia. Does anyone else want to share on these two paragraphs? Jan. This is Melissa. I heard Jan and Melissa. Was that... Good. Everyone? Okay, Jan. Good morning. I'm I'm Jan from St. Augustine, Florida, and I'm a recovering uh, grateful compulsive reader. Um, It's so funny. I love love the hearing about that little part where they say, you know, little, little groups of two or three, you know, are popping up everywhere. And one of the blessings of this program for me is that I know that um, if I'm going on a trip or I'm going to be away from home that I can, you know, I can go online and I can find meetings anywhere I go. And that is such a blessing and such a miracle. And it is all because of, of you know, the, the first two people who started AA and their vision for the program to grow and to address other addictions just came, you know, came as a part of this whole growth of this 12-step program um, blessing that I feel comes from, you know, comes from a power greater than myself. And so, you know, anywhere I go, you know, I just, I go online, I get numbers, I call people, hi, is there a meeting in the area, and where is it, and that is such a gift, and uh, also taking the number to, you know, be online with the visionaries every morning is has been a blessing to me here in St. Augustine. I just, I come from New York. I come from the big book. I've been in program for 30, 32 years, and we didn't have any other books when we started. It was just the big book, and so it's just, it's just a blessing to be able to have that here now 
where I live, and I thank you all for, you know, being so committed to being here every day and to being recovered, and that is such a blessing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jan. Melissa? Hi, this is Melissa from New York. I recovered from the reader. And, um, you know, I love uh, when they talk about on the road because uh, that's how I get this meeting. And, um, you know, this meeting came about for me at a time um, when I was really struggling. And, and it's interesting because one of the things I was struggling with was actually being on the road, commuting to work. Um, I was suddenly riddled with anxiety. Um, and, you know, no wonder my, my addiction was at its worst. And um, that was, you know, it was just uh, wrecking havoc, not only in my body, but now my head was crazy. And um, and I thought I wasn't going to even be able to drive myself to work anymore. And um, along with uh, falling to my knees and finding um, a new person to help me, and, and this person directed me to the big book, she mentioned phone meetings. And as it turned out, this meeting is exactly at the time when I'm commuting. And, um, you know, and it's like that the big book and all of you, this fellowship has turned my life around. I, you know, I realized that my anxiety um, was, uh, you know, it was my higher power. It was my higher power bringing me to this meeting that I needed something to fill my uh, mind with. And, um, you know, and now I drive to work and I am blessed. I have all of you. I have this incredible gift of the big book of my higher power um, just guiding me on my way and um, and along with you know the anxiety disappearing my recovery has just grown um, you know and I'm just I'm just so grateful thank you that I'll pass thank you Melissa Suji I did hear you would you like to go next Why, sure, Rebecca, I was having trouble with muting and unmuting as usual. It's Sue G. recovered in Pennsylvania. Well, speaking of journeys, well, I just took another one the weekend away with my dear one. And uh, I had a little here and now experience with with this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from two places. One is what we just read, um, which says... Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find, and I'm going to stop with that, will find, well, we'll find a fellowship, et cetera. And the end of the two paragraphs, we believe and hope it contains all you need to begin. Wow, there's the journey. The journey has to begin. And the journey, the beginning is the continuation. And today's the continuation of my wonderful weekend away. So now um, I'm going to go to the story of. The story of was right before the weekend away. I talked with my dear friend Kathy, who was my age, the daughter of my second mother who died recently. And we were talking about old times because we grew up together. Our family spent many holiday together. And Kathy and I had this routine. We'd go to sleep. It would be the journey of the sleepover, and we would inevitably have this little problem that one of us would go to sleep before the other one. You know how little girls like to talk to each other? Well, 
one of us had to stop listening because the other one stopped talking. And we would make noise, whichever one of us was not talking or didn't have a talking companion anymore because the other one went to sleep. And our parents would come and sort of eavesdrop at the door. And they later told us they laughed about it. So this was my mother and my second mother and my father and my second father. They're eavesdropping at the door and they're hearing this nonsense that one of us is going, you went to sleep, oh no. And the other one's snoring away and doesn't wake up. Well, so that's, so I was reminiscing with my friend right before the journey. And in the journey, my one moment of difficulty was, guess what? My husband hit his head hit the pillow the way it does when it's a work day. Only well, it wasn't a work day, it was a holiday. He was tired. His head hits the pillow and he goes to sleep. And I go into this extreme, it, griefous extremist. Oh, no, I want to talk to you. And you went to sleep. And I'm crying, but I'm trying because I'm a good girl now. I'm a grown-up, so I'm trying not to wake him up. And so there I am, right back in the, in the old story. And I couldn't calm down, and I said to myself, I'm not calling up anybody in any of my fellowships. I don't want to wake someone up in the middle of the night, even if they live in California it's the middle of the night by now. I'm not going to do that. And what finally quieted me down, I'll read the beginning and the end of it. It's from Step 11 in the 12 and 12. And it's the step 11 prayer. And the beginning is, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace. And the end of it is, for it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. It is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Amen. And then I went to sleep. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Sue G. Why don't we move on? Susie Kay, could you please continue the reading with the next paragraph beginning at the top of page 163 with We Know What? Susie Kay? Can you hear me? Now I can. Thank you. So, Susie Kay's recovered from the over here in Maine. You know what you were thinking. You're saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I, I couldn't do that. But you can. You forget that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing, what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. Um, so... You know, my thought about this is that this is, um, you know, this isn't rocket science. We've been kind of laid out the program of recovery here and, um, you know, that we can, um, what we have to overcome, though, is our isolation, um, which is is kind of part and parcel of our disease. And, um, but but we can do that by following the... um, Again, by following what's laid out here in this book and by being willing and patient and being willing to um, uh, take an active part in our recovery. And, and, um, you know, that, you know, what it says about being jittery and alone, I, I remember and I know about that feeling of, you know, you're crossing over into kind of a way of life that, um, uh, in a way of operating that you, you're not familiar with, you're you're um, 
you know, we're, we're learning how to trust the power greater than ourselves. We're learning how to come into the rooms and 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 meet with other, you know, uh, people who share the same problem um, and relate to each other, which um, is so wonderful. And you know, the jittery part kind of reminds me of you know getting off the sugar and the sort of um, uh, getting away from our addictive um, foods and and walking through those those couple days where um, you know where we're we're getting clean where we're physically kind of cleaning up our act and then walking into the rooms where um, we get to learn about our mental obsession and um, find relief from it through the program of recovery and I pass. Thank you, Susie Kay. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? Larry B. Nicole, can I share? I heard Larry. Sharon H. Judy B. I heard Nicole and Sharon H. Did I get everyone? And Kim. Kim. And Kim. Go ahead, Larry. Thanks so much. Uh, Larry Recovered, Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. We know what you're thinking. How, how do they know what I'm thinking? Um, they do because uh, we're, you know, we, we got here. None of us got here on a winning streak. <laughs> you know, we got here uh, with difficulty, with challenge. We thought, it, you know, an immense challenge that, that actually had us baffled. And uh, so, yes, uh, you know, another, in our case, another compulsive overeater knows exactly what we're thinking. Yes, we you know we feel jittery and alone. You know we feel like we we couldn't do that. You know there's there's someone on the line right now that you know just comes and is waiting you know for this to happen and they're feeling jittery, they're feeling anxious, they're feeling alone. You know welcome to the club. That's what I used to feel. You know, but through a process of willingness, which is a simple process, willingness, patience. You know the perseverance that comes with patience. And labor, labor is work, takes action. I didn't, I, I wasn't good at action. I was scared of action. Unless I knew with certainty that that action would give something to me, you know, um, took me a while to, to, to labor. But, um, you, but you can, you know, you, and, and what they're saying is in this vision is you forget that you've just now tapped the source of power much greater than yourself. You know, even getting here, you know, I, I think back, how in the heck did I get here? I didn't, this wasn't my plan. I had other plans. It wasn't my plan to have a spiritual awakening. I didn't come, you know, I didn't come to the rooms of, uh, of Overeaters Anonymous to have a spiritual awakening. But that is indeed precisely what I got. You know, a complete transformation. And I had to work through these steps. And I was unwilling to do that. I certainly wasn't patient. Most of us come in here, we're not very patient. Um, but but I did. I you know once once you work through this process, you you do tap a source of power much greater than yourself. It it has very little to do with food. I don't have a problem with food. I had a problem with life. I couldn't live my life without the food, and without a lot of other things. And so um, just very grateful for this program. You can do it, too. It, it's not, this, is, this program is for, is for doers. You just have to do the, do the drill. 
do the drill, and it's all right there in the, in the big book. It's all in the first 164 pages. That's how you get well. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Judy B. This is Judy B. Did you call on me? I did, Judy B. <laughs> Hi. Um, I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. and so glad for your service. Thank you. Uh, this paragraph just speaks to me so clearly. It just reminds me of what it was like uh, before I found program and what it's like now for so many of the people that I know that have followed this program and have had the complete transformation. You know, we know what you are thinking. You are saying, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. And before I found program, I I just did not know how I was ever going to um, get beyond uh, the way I was living, uh, using food as, as the source of my power. But this paragraph tells us, but you can. You know, we can change. You forget that you have now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. I mean, that is the change. This book and this program shows us how we can go from our former life to a life beyond our wildest dreams. And it's possible. It's like, it, this is not fiction. It's possible. And, and when we uh, t- turn into this, uh, tune into this program every morning, we hear it over and over and over. This is possible. And it happens to many, many, many people. All we need is a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. It's not easy. It requires a lot of work. But, but the payoff is just so beautiful. And we meet such wonderful people. And we, we live our lives with, with uh, knowing that there is a power so much greater than ourselves. We're not alone. I'm just so grateful for this program and so grateful that we're able to share it with others. And if you're new, just keep coming back because it will work. It will work if you're, if you're willing to trust the process and to reach out to others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy B. Nicole? Hi, this is Nicole S. from um, Colorado, a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just love what this says about, um, you know, uh, saying, I couldn't do that. And, um, and, you know, that you forget that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. And that's such a good reminder for me that I, I'm not doing this alone, that I have... Um, the God of the universe who is giving me power. I've, I've tapped that source of power. And so my, my own power, I don't, I don't have to do this on my own power. Um, whenever I, I try to do, to run life on my, my own self-will, my own power, um, I just made a disaster of things and just um, got myself deeper and deeper into the, the depths of, of my disease and um, you know, it just gives at the bottom. Um, just all, all we need is is willingness, patience, and labor. And um, you know, it's it's not it's not easy to do that. But um, it reminds me. Um, I, I think it's in the twelve and the AA twelve and twelve of the 
talking of the door of willingness, when, we, when we're willing, we open that door um, just even just a tiny bit. And um, our self-will will may slam it shut again, but um, all we need is that willingness and we can open it, open it again. And then the patience, just um, to remind me that um, that it takes it takes time, it takes patience. Um, you know, God isn't uh, going to remove my my character defect overnight, and it takes it takes patience, and it takes and, it, and then it takes labor, it takes work. It's not um, it's not free. It does doesn't just magically come. So um, I just I just love this paragraph that I um, I first of all have you know, a power that will will do for me what I can't do for myself. And I just need to be willing, patient, and um, and work at this. And that's all I have. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nicole. Sharon? Hello, this is Rachel calling from Israel. Hi, Hi Rebecca. You, you can go after Kim. Right now we'll have yes. Sharon H. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Sharon, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And, oh my goodness, this paragraph. Um, you know, I, I started listening to this meeting in July of 2012, and I was jittery and alone, anxious, fearful, all those things. And I wasn't a newcomer. I had been around for many years, so I was feeling like this was something that was never going to be happened for me to get abstinent and stay stopped. And um, as a result of listening and coming to this line every single day and uh, following it just like I was, you know, in in a class uh, and using it like a textbook that would give me the ability to be set free, um, I now have and am so grateful for this source of power that is far greater than any power I have on my own. My own willpower is useless. And yet, as a result of this, and it was a matter of willingness for me to set aside all the um, distorted ideas that I had in my own mind that this wouldn't work for me, that this never would work for me. I had to set those aside, and I was given a a beautiful set-aside prayer to do that and come with an open mind and a willingness and then the patience to listen faithfully uh, to what I was hearing every day on the line and then to begin to go through the labor and the action process of the steps, following it very um, much to the letter just like it is in this book. And I now have that freedom that I didn't think was ever going to be possible. So I love over here where it says, thus we grow and so can you, because that has become a reality for me and it can become a reality for anyone who's willing to uh, just listen, uh, receive what this book tells us is possible, and then take the action for that to be an incredible gift of God's grace in our lives one day at a time, and then to live constantly in steps 10, 11, and 12 as we continue to grow in this process that God has so graciously given to us to follow. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rebecca, and thank you and welcome to everyone out on the line. Thank you, Sharon H. Kim, you're next. 
Thanks, Rebecca. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I'm just going to focus on one word. It says to duplicate. To duplicate. So I looked that word up in the dictionary. It means to copy exactly like an original. You know, so that was that's my task. Can I copy exactly like this original book? You know, for many years in OA, I would say, well, these steps don't work. I'm doing the steps, but I'm not getting abstinent. Well, first of all, my main theory problem was I was in the food trying to work the steps. And it's very specific in the big book that first we have to put down the food and then we work the steps. And then, unfortunately, there's a lot of different things available on the Internet and all these different outside materials. And I would think the more that I did, the more effect I'm going to get. So I would try this outside material. I'd add this talk show host in. I'd read this spiritual leader. And all those things are good, but it's not duplicating this exact formula. So when I would get frustrated saying the steps didn't work, what I realize now is I never worked the steps specifically as the big book says. So how can I get angry that I'm not getting the results the big book is telling me? So I'd just like to use this analogy. If I go to my, um, let's say my aunt's house for dinner and she has this incredible strawberry shortcake and I ask her for the recipe, and she gives me a very specific recipe. She tells me to preheat the oven to 375. She tells me to make sure I use fresh strawberries. She, you know, I'm not a cook, so I know these are probably to be weird proportions, but use two cups of sugar and three cups of flour and this much of this and this much of that. Keep it in the oven for 30 minutes, and you will have the strawberry shortcake. And I go home, and I'm like, I don't have time for this. So what I do is I go out to the store and I find the frozen strawberries are so much cheaper, so I decide to use them. And I come home and realize I'm running late, so I don't have time to preheat the oven. And the fact is I like things a little sweeter, so I'm going to put in an extra cup of sugar. And I forgot to buy whatever ingredient, so I don't use that. And then I put it in the, in the oven and I forget to set the timer, so I wound up cooking it an extra 15 minutes. Am I going to get a strawberry shortcake? Absolutely. But am I going to get the strawberry shortcake that I tasted at my aunt's house? Absolutely not. So that's what we're trying to, I, I want to pound home, is that I had to look at the fact that I was not duplicating this process so it made absolute sense that I wasn't getting the results that the book was promising. I actually had to do less. I had to stop inserting Tim and just do the directions that are in front of me. And let me tell you my personal experiences, when I did that, I got the promises that the big book promised me all along. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Kim. Raquel? Hello. This is Raquel calling from Israel. Hi, Rebecca, and hi, all my dear friends on the line. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Well, really, there is so much here, and there's so much in my heart to relate to. Um, but I, I, I will try to just stay with this. You forgot that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. I hope I never forget that. I thought that I tapped that power a long, long time ago, but it's not lo- like what I have in the last five years and 10 months. No, no, no way. I had to get it the hard way. I had to come to Seattle, Washington, 
where you could listen to the uh, to the program at four o'clock in the morning. The apartment was small. My son, my uh, my health was gone, and I would go out out into the in Seattle. It rains all four seasons, if uh, some of you know. And outside with an umbrella and the and the phone, and me and the raccoons, and listening. And thank goodness I already had a year and a half of abstinence then. And then I tapped into this exact the way that 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 dear Kim just spoke before me to duplicate, to duplicate, to not be a wise guy, to not put the baking powder in when all the other ingredients are there. If they told me to sift it with the flour. But now I'm to, I want to talk about my little granddaughter who is in the hospital does not have that has not tapped and her parents have not tapped into that source of power and uh, she's has been uh, has had a kidney a kidney transplant when she was eight she's 15 now and she came down with anorexia and she's in the hospital now being fed with a tube to keep her alive and I know it's the same disease and it's the same wanting to control, and it's the same craziness in another form, all under the same umbrella of eating disorders. But the one thing that is not there for her parents or the doctors who are treating her is this not having tapped into a source of power much greater than the disease. This disease is greater than us. The only one who is greater than that disease is God, and they don't have that. The parents, her parents don't have that, and the doctors who force feed her to keep her alive. And it's just before a holiday, and I feel like leaving everything and going down there, but it's, it's just to pray and to be near. But I go back to the back of the book, and I spoke to my daughter, to her mom about this, but there's a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance or, or endanger their life. That principle is contained prior to investigation. And I've been with this program since 1979, and they know, my children know what it has done for me, but I have... I have not managed to convince my daughter that this is where it's at. And I'm, all I can do is tap into that power and pray, and anyone online who will pray for me, for my sweet Ariana in Massachusetts, will be so blessed. And thank you for being there for me. I love you all, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Well, this is Rebecca, and I'd like to share on this paragraph as we come to a, the end of our meeting. Um, what I hear about feeling jittery and alone is fear. And I've been there. I wanted to um, see a big book meeting in my local area. And even before that, I wanted to stand up and do service in this meeting, and I felt somewhat jittery. I don't know about alone. Yeah, I guess alone, too. And you know what? 
maybe because I'd read this paragraph, I don't know, maybe because I have tapped a source of power much greater than myself, and I've just, I was just so grateful that I'd been blessed with um, recovery that I stuck my neck out and I did it anyway. I stepped up to the plate and offered to do service on this meeting, and um, I decided that I was willing to expose my inadequacies and risk making mistakes and um, having people think whatever they're going to think of me because it's not about me anymore. It's about carrying this message. And if I look foolish or um, stumble and bubble, bumble, so what? You know, I know you all love me, but even if you didn't, it doesn't matter. What matters is that my responsibility now is to do what it says in the book so that I can live happy, joyous, and free. And by facing our fears and using this um, um, program as like a proving ground to get through whatever is standing in our way, then we can go out in the world with our families and with people who aren't in program and in our jobs and in our communities and live a full life because we get to um, develop these skills of not being afraid to stick our necks out in a safe environment, and that's all of you. You're providing a safe environment for me to grow. And so I was a person with this book in my hand, and I wanted a big book meeting in my area. And lo and behold, a couple of years ago, someone raised her hand in a large meeting and said, I want to start another meeting in town. If anybody wants to help me, I'd appreciate it. And so I said I'd help her. And the next thing we know, without very much labor at all, we started a big book meeting. And, you know, it's small, and that's okay because right here in the book it says if it's just two or three people, that's okay. And and it's actually more than that, but there have been days where it was just two or three people, and it was fine because I get to share my experience, strength, and hope and what it says in this book with a fellow, and it helps me grow, and maybe it helps the other person or people who show up. And um, it's really not that much labor. I just want you to know it happened. God took care of it. And it's a beautiful thing. And I just encourage you all to take this book in your hands when you're recovered and um, be willing to um, pass it on and duplicate what Bill did and the first 100 people. So with that, I will pass. And as a matter of fact, it's five minutes before the hour. So I want to thank you. Thank all of you who have shared, and we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Renata please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you, Rebecca. This is Renata, Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.